Hi everybody, it's great to be back together again talking about social media for social change and all things blog for good. We're really excited, we've got some great people with us today to talk about a few different topics. We've got Justine Flynn, who's the Director of Marketing at Thank You Water. She's going to talk to us a little bit about their fantastic social campaign lobbying 7-Eleven. And we've got Rashenda Ibrahim, who is the Social Media Manager at World Vision. And Rashenda and I are going to talk a little bit about the Christmas catalogue campaigns that not-for-profits run at this time of year. Some of you may or may not have purchased gifts from those already, so I've already piqued your interest. And we've also got Vanessa Vegato, who's a youth coordinator with Street which is a great organisation, and Vanessa's going to tell us a little bit about what they do and also her recent foray into blogging. So, let's get rolling. Justine, thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me. No, pleasure, pleasure. <laughs> How about you tell us a little bit about Thank You Water for those of us who may not have heard of it before. I have, but uh, yes. others may not have. Sure. Well, Thank You Water, we're a social enterprise that gives all of our profit to fund water projects in developing countries. So, we sell a bottle of water that's just like any other normal bottle of water on you know, the market these days up against other big brands. And we give all of the profit that we have to fund water projects. So the profit from one bottle is actually enough to provide at least a month's worth of water on the ground, like Cambodia or Africa and so forth. So the idea came um, a couple of years ago from um, Dan Flynn, who's the managing director. Um, he was, you know, looking across the, you know, water bottle industry and saw that here in Australia, it's um, $600 million. And yet, in that same year, two million people are dying because they don't have access to clean water. Or 900 million people don't access it and you know, are living below the poverty line because they don't have that access to safe water. So then we're like, okay, well, these, we've got to be able to do something to make things right. You know, instead of all the money going to you know, some big guy at the top making all the money, you know, why can't we do something where it's actually going to help those people you know, yeah. in need? Well, we're all drinking Thank You Water today, aren't we, guys? Yeah. So if you Delicious. haven't seen a bottle of Thank You Water, it looks like a normal bottle of water with a, a, a black band around it that says Thank You Water. So how did you initially start distributing the water? How did people buy it? Yeah, well, initially we got uh, in with a distribution company called NBC. They're a private dis distribution company, and they sell in cafes and different outlets all through Victoria, Adelaide, and Perth. And then we've also got a few other distribution companies in it. Um, New South Wales as well and Queensland. Now I know that you were able to use social really effectively to get your water stocked somewhere. So tell yes. us about how that began, how it ended and what's sure. happening now. Yeah. Well first I believe it started by us growing our social like our social media network, so our Facebook. Um, it's really hilarious. When we first started our Facebook we had this horrible policy because <laughs> we were just weren't too sure what to do with everyone that was like asking comments and stuff so we had this policy don't reply to anyone because we didn't really know how to like reply to questions and stuff and so we were just like freak out and didn't reply to anyone and don't say the then, wrong thing then I think them. yeah and then I think we realized that was the wrong move and we dramatically changed it the other way and we had someone involved and they, their job was just to create a voice behind our Facebook and um, they connected and engaged with every person that involved and I think that's what people liked about it too that they could ask a question and they know within 24 hours it was responded to and there was that interaction you know it wasn't just like a robot voice that was talking to them there was personality behind it and we really feel that that's what started to grow. Um, also we had some exposure on Sunrise and they connected everyone back to um, our Facebook as well so that really grew up the numbers. Um, 
And then last year, um, sorry, this year we had this idea um, that we could use that to do a pitch to 7-Eleven. Mm -hmm. And um, we had a meeting booked in with 7-Eleven Australia and um, then we put up a video that went viral um, and we were just asking our social media network to, if they were to, um, if they wanted to stock 7-Eleven to stock thank you water, to put up a post to say that they would buy it. Mm -hmm. So we, we gave them the opportunity to be creative as they want. And to be honest, I think we were very surprised with what came back. Mm -hmm. Like there was videos of like raps or dances. We had a magician do a magic trick. Yeah. Um, what else is jingles, everything like. So how many people did you have respond and become part of it? Look, we didn't actually count them all. <laughs> yeah. However, there were like we did look at the Seven Eleven page, and they were getting bombarded like constantly. Like every minute, there was another post going up there. There was mm -hmm. if you even have a look on the Seven Eleven Australia wall now, they've still got all the record of all the videos that went up there. Mm -hmm. um, we had a few celebrities like Dean Geyer and Jules Lund who also got involved, um, which was nice. Um, and we were a little bit nervous to be honest when we had the meeting with Seven Eleven because they um. They rang us the week before and they said, look, um, we're getting bombarded, we're getting emails, we're getting phone oh, calls um, to our personal email addresses. And we were like, oh, gee, we're so sorry. We didn't expect it to go out that big, you know. Yeah. And they're like, well, we go to barbecues on the weekend and we've got people coming up to us saying, hey, have you heard of thank you order? Mm -hmm. And they're like, no. Um, so I... They actually asked us to come in a week earlier and to keep that um, confidential from our Facebook because they heard people apparently were going to go and petition um, on the site on the day of our meeting <laughs> and they didn't really want that. Yeah. So um, we went in early and we were a little bit nervous because of the you know, ambush approach. Um, and, but they were so wonderful. They, I think they were just... You know, it's their target market as well that we uh, attracted and they were just really amazed that you know so many people want to get involved with something good yeah. and um, and that's also what they wanted to do as well so they're more than happy to they obviously had a look at the model and to see you know pricing and if everything worked well and they were able to jump on board really quickly so, so how long have they been stocking thank you water now? Um, it's been since August yeah Brilliant. yeah and nationally so, across all stores? Yeah, all stores. They rolled out very quickly, which was really amazing. Oh, they just brilliant. wanted to, you know, it was very exciting for us, also for all our social media network as well, because they got to be a part of mm, doing it yeah. as well. Mm. And um, then, yeah, next year looks to be quite promising as well. So That's really awesome. Yeah, very exciting. Look, I mean, that's the whole heartbeat of what the whole Blog for Good project is about and the Blog for Good competition. So if anyone's listening, thinking about how successful Thank You Water was at leveraging social. It, equally, you can do it in your small space or large space, whatever that may be, to utilize your blog to really gather together people of a like mind who've got a passion for a, for a concept or an organization or a charitable organization, whatever it may be. You can really um, bring people together and they, they love it because they can be part of something. So yeah. don't be afraid to get on your blogs at the end of this uh, podcast and, and keep, keep writing away. And speaking of blogs, I'm going to jump across to Vanessa. Vanessa, you work with Street. For I do. those who haven't heard of Street, tell us a little bit about what you do. Street is also a social enterprise organisation. We're a not-for-profit. The premise behind Street is that we would like to um, eradicate, actually, would be a big picture, but certainly reduce uh, youth homelessness and mm. the stats around youth homelessness and how many young people are homeless across Victoria and obviously across Australia as well. So the idea behind Street that was founded by Kate Burrell and Rebecca Scott 
they started deciding that for young people to um, move out of poverty and, and to make their way through poverty and and um, move through to a productive uh, sort of lifestyle, they needed to be educated and they needed to get some skills that would get them into the workforce so that they could start working um, and, and hence you know, stop becoming sort of Centrelink reliant and, mm, and, yeah. and move on and be able to afford private rental and everything that goes along with that. So, uh, Street recruits young people who are homeless or at risk of homelessness or young people who have been unable to succeed in mainstream settings. We uh, have a six-month program. The young people uh, get a certificate to in hospitality at William Anglis Institute and we wrap it up with a really thick, what we call social support system. So that includes one-on-one -on -one case management with young people and personal and professional skill development sessions in both uh, group settings and individually. But they also get practical work experience on our sites throughout the CBD. So at the end of six months, on a CV, the young people have got a qualification and um, some entry-level skills that can move them through into the workforce. That's brilliant. And I know that you're a recent convert to blogging, so why don't you tell us about that? <laughs> I'm not sure that um, that I'm a convert. I, I, I just kind of like it and I think it's a bit of fun. We also have got a really strong social media component to what we do and certainly um, there are people within our organisation that are a lot more savvy and a lot more knowledgeable about social media than I am. So I feel a little bit out of my depth sitting here actually. but. Um, part of my role is to blog, which, look, to be honest, I don't even know what blog stands for, but <laughs> what I know is it gives me the opportunity to put my opinions down and um, hopefully have people read them and start thinking about things a little differently or yeah. start challenging the way they think about certain topics. Mm. And I've had the opportunity to do that through my role and my blogs have gone up onto our website. Um, so I've blogged about lots of things. Um, food experiences that I've had. Obviously we're a hospitality focus, so mm -hmm. um, food and especially kind of um, street culture style food is certainly a focus for us. Um, but I talk a little bit about um, what happens for young people who are in our program and what happens for young people who are homeless and, and just even about homelessness itself and, you know, for example, maybe raise the, uh, the thought that it's called homelessness for a reason, not houselessness. So. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a, a roof doesn't necessarily fix yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, so I've just been really lucky and been able to sit down and blurt out uh, my opinions on things really. And I tend to write as I speak, although with less ums and ahs and <laughs> possibly a little bit more prepared um, than when I generally speak. But um, I've had a ball, it's been really good fun. And um, we, we've we've had some good responses, which is great. Yeah, and you found people have connected more with what you're doing. Sure. And, and the whole issue, just by reading that and, mm. and, and conversing. Mm. Great. And I don't think we have to be heavy-handed in the way that we deliver things. I think if we present an idea and ask people to consider that, you know, that that's sometimes as beneficial as mm. coming in with lots of stats and 
heavy things. I think that's the great thing about the channel, because like a second ago you said you feel like you're a bit out of your depth here, <laughs> and that's the whole thing. I don't think you are at all. I don't know what you think, Rashenda, but the great thing about uh, about blogging is that it's for anyone and everyone, mm, and it gives that opportunity for people's voice. Yeah. Like, exactly. What do you think about blogging just in general? Mm. And I mean, going back to what you were saying, how you blog, how you speak, like I think that's the beauty of blogging. Like, although, you know, I work in social media now, I would never have considered myself a writer or a communications expert before, but that realm of social media and blogging has just changed the world and has changed how people um, communicate. I mean, the whole polished message um, is applicable to some places, but for the most part, it's, it's not very... It's not authentic and gluey enough for a social mm. community, so true. I think that's the beauty of, of the medium. Mm. And I, I feel lucky that I, there is no pressure on me to sound one way or another or, or come across in any which way I'm a youth worker, mm. so nobody expects me to be polished or nobody expects me to have any sort of um, literary credentials, so win-win. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. I remember, I mean, you know, there's a whole group of mum bloggers now and it's become like a big terminology and I remember meeting a mum blogger who said to me, you know, I'm, I was just a mum sitting at home and I thought, who would want to know what I have to talk about? And now so many people are reading my blog, I just feel so empowered and I was like, that's the whole thing, it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. There are people that absolutely want to hear about your perspective and your view and what you've been through and it's kind of, well, I guess it's going to sound so silly to say it's just like power to the people, you know, yeah. that there is power to, to people's voice and people do know about something and you don't have to wait for it to filter through a professional writer to hear their take on it, but just get to hear people's lives and their experience and their viewpoint keeps that's what makes the world so interesting that everyone's mm, so different. Sure. So I think that's really awesome. Yeah. So you got to look out for Vanessa's blog. Yep, definitely. So you can uh, so you can put some comments down, and if any of you know of any cool blogs like that, or any mum bloggers out there that's totally worth reading, why don't you post a comment underneath this podcast on the on the, the blog post, and uh, we'll all look at them as well. But I'm going to jump across to Rashenda, and we're going to start to talk Christmas. Yes. So I don't know about you guys, Justine and Vanessa, are you still doing Christmas shopping this week? Yes, we'll be doing it. Friday night. You want to meet Justine? She'll be at Chadston all night. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. Oh. I'm, I'm proud to say I'm done and wrapped oh, and good so... to go. Well, you are unlike the majority of Australians <laughs> yes, this week. Right. And, uh, and we were kind of thinking about the fact that there is so much shopping and so much pressure on Christmas, which is both yeah. a positive and a negative. And obviously both Rashenda and I work in uh, the charity space. So Rashenda, you work with World Vision, so That's why don't right. you tell us a little bit about what you do there. We're just uh, bringing the true spirit of Christmas <laughs> back to the people of Australia. Oh, oh, I'm God. a social media manager at World Vision Australia and um, my role this Christmas has been to help our um, World Vision gift catalogue team um, tell stories of the World Vision gifts through our social communities and have people understand what they're giving to and maybe dispel some of the myths that come with charity giving as well and um, kind of going back to what we said before about authentic messaging um, I think that's probably what's been missing from some charity giving the last mm. decade so that real um, honest kind of direct answer to questions that people ask yeah. or um, showing more complex um, stories behind the gifts. You know, you, you yeah. used to, when these gifts first came out, it was just as simple as 
here's an animal and it's like buying an animal in mm. your for someone in a farm in Australia. And it's actually not like that at all. Yeah. Um, there's a, a, a child, there's a family, there's a story behind all of that and that can mean um, empowering empowering a community empowering individual i don't know if you saw in our facebook page last week we have our photo of the week and it's this cute little boy with two little piglets Aww. and um he he was abandoned by his parents um 10 years ago and taken in by a neighbor and they had no source of income and so um they were in a sponsorship community um i think his sister was sponsored um but um, their family was given a couple of piglets to start as their micro business and that's turned into macro business and now they are pig farmers and so that's just kind of one story behind a product that seems as simple as buying a pig but because yeah. for those of you who may be living under a rock if you didn't realize that <laughs> there's a, a lot of charities at this time of year will have a gift catalog so you can jump online or you may have even received one in the post where you can have a view of a range of different products that you can purchase and I guess it's kind of a representation gift so whoever you buy it for here in Australia you're you're giving them the gift of being able to give that pig to somebody else and so that's been going on for quite a number of years now across mm. all charities but I look sometimes people have, think that's a great thing sometimes people don't like it at all um, have you had opposition to your gift catalogue at all from anyone or negative comments? Um, we, I mean, we always have negative comments. Yeah, sure. There's, sure. Yeah, because there's negative people everywhere. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but I would say majority is very positive. I think yeah. the hardest thing for us to answer is, yes, people do eat the animals. <laughs> you know, they see these really cute pictures of animals with some of, you know, the recipients. Um, and, you know, that I guess... That is a, a kind of a luxury here that's hard yeah. to explain. Um, that that just being a vegan or vegetarian isn't an option in certain countries that we work, and that an animal is a source of life income for someone else. So that's probably the trickiest question and the mm -hmm. most negative one that comes up. Um, we actually probably have more negative questions or comments about child sponsorship than we do our gifts. Um, yeah. I think just because the images are so happy and positive mm -hmm. um, and yeah it's just a really easy gift just give to someone else especially if you're a last minute shopper <laughs> yeah that's totally and, true yeah look i know some some people have said to me before that you know are they really getting a, a goat are they really getting a cow mm. and and i guess the the topic really or the thing for people to do who are listening or whoever's querying that is to research where you're buying from and what they do. I know uh, at CBM we've got a great catalogue and I love it but we don't have a lot of livestock and those types of things because it's not primarily what we do. I mean, most of our things are based around you know selling education tools, books, pencils, those types of things for kids to get greater education. We will have some livestock for microfinance but we try not to put a whole range of things like ducks and those things that we know nobody's going to get mm -hmm. you will find places that will put out yes you can buy a cow and in actuality it's not a cow it may be a cow of some type or it could be something else and you kind of need to read the fine print and I think the more um what's the word transparent we can be mm. and every uh, charity can be about what you're actually giving then there'll be less negative connotations around the gift catalogue I guess yeah. Definitely. you know what I mean because whilst you're able to provide the piglets we probably wouldn't be able to so mm. we're just never going to advertise piglets but I know <laughs> having feedback from different people who've you know 
uh, working in the online space, I get a bunch of interesting emails. And, you know, I bought this from unnamed charity last year and they don't give pigs at all. Why do you even have to try <laughs> I'm like, I can't answer for them. But <laughs> Well, I mean, you bring up a really good point because we do put this in our fine print and we try and convey this as much as possible. But our um, we have 40 items in our catalogue and they fund separate sectors so all of our animals represent our agricultural sector so when you buy a pig or a goat you're going to a fund that buys pigs goats cows but the actual delivery is based on the needs of each individual community and that's basically as um, uh, a safety net if one product sells a lot more than the other and it's also respective to the markets that we work in for instance the goat is really popular we don't know why yet, but here and when I worked at World Vision US, the goat outperforms any of the other items. Um, but if we had an overabundance of goats and communities that don't necessarily need goats, it means that our kind of donor choices are dictating the help that communities need and get versus, um, or if something like we had an overabundance of chickens, but there was an avian flu outbreak in Asia, then it's not the most appropriate gift for us to be giving chickens. So it really is dependent on each person in their community. But it's not like you're buying some pencils and it's buying a goat somewhere else. They're very yeah, defined sure. buckets. That and we have an Australian bucket too for Indigenous um, education. <laughs> very excited about that one. That's been the weird one to explain, actually, yeah. because people don't know that we work in Australia. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. yes, that's true. I would say that about CBM as well. We work with Indigenous communities. and. You do a lot with Indigenous communities. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely we do. And because um, Australia is one of the, uh, the well, it, I think it is the only developed country that still has uh, issues to do with uh, blindness in um, rural communities, which, uh, you know, no other developed country really has. So we definitely work with that because we work with issues of blindness. So jump online and find out more about it. But uh, look, there's definitely so many options at Christmas time to look up. And I would encourage anyone to to really research so you can find something that really really matches what your heart is because there's great opportunities to give and it's not just buying gifts online it's a great time to volunteer it's mm, a great time to, to tell other people about what other people are doing so yeah. you know great time for someone to write a blog post about street and what they're doing in the, in the local community or you know tell their friends about thank you water Facebook page and jump onto that or to say you know there are both gifts to buy at CBM and World Vision but also you know if you're doing blog for good stuff on your own blog write some posts about it and just share it with people because look I know I know it's so commercial to say this but everybody says it's the time of year for giving but there's so many different ways to give it doesn't just have to be over a cash register and with cash mm -hmm. everybody's got to everybody's got uh, opportunity to write and to talk and uh, to express their view and that's what's so powerful and that's hopefully what's so powerful about this whole competition and this community that we're forming here as bloggers and people involved with social media so after you've heard this podcast get inspired write something tell someone tweet about it get involved we love to have you so i think unless you guys want to say anything further we're going to close it down today any last messages for anyone merry christmas yeah <laughs> and thank you yeah it's been talking about good Thanks for coming in today, guys, and we'll see you all soon. Merry Christmas.